Well, hey there, I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we are here on this Faithful Thursday to converse with you yes. about this guy's messages. So let's, let's do it. Let's go ahead and jump in here. So we are, uh, well, we missed our podcast last week. Uh, our schedules and the stars did not align correctly. No, they did not. And uh, we just didn't make it happen for you. So for that, we're sincerely sorry. Uh, there may or may not be one behind the paywall if you click that contribute button and that link in the description uh, wherever you're listening to these podcasts. Oh, and um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, we want you to know that for the first time, uh, you can watch these podcasts in video form on Spotify. It's exciting. Um, I don't know that it doesn't do that automatically. So if you're listening to me say this right now, you've probably experienced it already, uh, which is great. Um, but I guess they selected us as a, a candidate to do that before it rolls out like completely. So cool. Super cool. It's awesome. Um, but we are here to talk about uh, we're three weeks deep in the Book of Romans. And I think it's been really cool thus yeah, far. Man. Uh, we've tackled a lot of introductory things about Paul and about uh, maybe the state of Rome and the Roman church in the first century, as it yeah. were. Um, and we're just, uh, you know, let, we got some catch up work to do the last two weeks. Yeah. So let's uh, let's come through. I think last week you're and the notes are in the description, by the way. Um, but I think last week you kind of ended off on what you had done on one through seven. Mm -hmm. And then this week you kind of end on sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Right. Well, I went I went past seven um, the week before and just kind of read through to seventeen mm -hmm. and Paul's thesis, yeah, as some would say, <laughs> yeah, um, and then just kind of worked my way back through it, and, yeah, and you know I wanted to take last Sunday, <coughs> forgive me, just struggling with my voice, um, but uh, last Sunday I just wanted to kind of pause on sixteen and seventeen and take some time on that and. Uh, just really visit what the gospel is. Like, what is he saying? You know, mm -hmm. when he says that word, that young Gillian. Yeah. Um, you know, what does that mean? And mm -hmm. and kind of show and and showcase, if you will, other places. You know, uh, in the pastoral epistles to the church at Corinth. Um, you know, where he's used the same language. Um, so we kind of like highlighted that. You know, highlighted the gospel, and there's just so many similarities. Yeah. Uh, in the way that they, you know, come together, which obviously that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I was listening to this morning, actually. Uh -huh. I was listening just through like Romans 1 and 2 Yeah, on, on my drive-in, and uh, which is just enough time to cover Romans 1 and 2 and maybe <laughs> a couple go. of songs. Um, but um, I was listening, and he used the term, uh, the spirit of holiness. Mm. Uh, have you done any uh, recon into that as to, as to maybe what he meant by that? Yeah. Because uh, I think I glaze over things like that, and you kind of just infer what mm -hmm. stuff like that means. But I was like, that's kind of interesting. Like, I wonder what Paul meant when he said spirit of holiness. What do you, uh, well, I think that was in the first, the first message. Really? You tackled that topic. Yeah. Well, I think I, I mentioned it. Let me see if I can find the, I want to say it was, it, it, it definitely falls in chapter one early on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, uh, Jesus was means. resurrected in the spirit of holiness. Yeah. Well, by the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull up the, um, the first, the first sermon. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, Romans introduction. I did have one through seven in there. There it is. Um, okay. Yeah. So verse number four and was appointed to be the powerful son of God, according to the spirit of holiness mm -hmm. by the resurrection of the dead. So I think if, if you scroll down, um, 
I kind of like, as much as I like to talk about how much my life has changed, that part of the message, um, where Paul's introducing himself as a servant, the doulos, mm-hmm. um, and, and all the implications there, a servant, an apostle, an ambassador, a messenger, one who promotes, um, you know, what God has done in his life. He turns and he says, look, this is really not about me. It's about Jesus. Right. And so verse uh, three through seven, um, he said, you see, Jesus was human, son of David. Jesus was related to you. And so I, I think really it, this builds upon the idea that there's intermingling right in this church. It's to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And what you're finding is in Rome, uh, these are house churches. Um, predominantly five is, is kind of the, the general um you know, what, what's accepted, you know, and mm-hmm. what's a couple pure. of house churches in Rome. Yeah. And, and so small gatherings and, you know, it's how are they getting along? How are they intermingling with this truth? And clearly there's life change happening, right? Mm-hmm. So Paul says, look, it's, it's come to me, the, the changes it's come to me, the fact that your faith is great and people are, are being radically changed. And, and that's honestly like the, a, a big proof for me. Um, is what the Lord does in my own life. And I think as I reach out and pray for and try to um, help other people with their faith, you know, it's, I use a lot of personal experience, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's what we're seeing is they were having really two, <laughs> two different personal experiences. Yeah. And, and so Paul's trying to bridge the gap from a Jewish experience, you know, largely in part to how and what they do to, man, these Gentiles are, uh, they are being radically changed, not really by what they're doing, but what the spirit of God is doing. And so mm-hmm. it's a shift. It is. And, but what I'm, what I'm seeing here, and this is the point that I'm going to try to make even next week going into the end of chapter one, which is a, a difficult passage um, just in general. But what we're seeing is a contrast when he says Jesus, the son of David, but then also Jesus, if we, if we read that portion, we back up, I'm just scrolling on my phone here. Uh, but it says, Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was the descendant of David, right? One portion, according to the flesh and was appointed to be the powerful son of God, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship Uh, and and watch this, right? To bring about obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, just so we're clear. Yeah. So uh, he says, son of David, right? And he's appealing to the Jewish community saying, all of you that have been through a rough time are going through a hard time. We've talked about it in this week's message. This was two two weeks ago, but um, you know th- they were expelled. I think it's Emperor Claudius. He mm-hmm. expelled the Jews probably ten years prior to this, and so they had made their way back in. They were assimilating back into the society. Um, these houses were were down the mountain. They were in places where uh, the common folk lived, and so you had Gentiles that were some of them of affluence coming into houses where uh, the Jews were not typically affluent in this specific time period in this specific place. Um, you know, they're coming back from essentially another exile. Mm-hmm. And, and what they have is a chip on their shoulder. They're saying, look, what we have is the law. What we have is our heritage. What we have is our family name. And Paul said, absolutely. He is Jesus, son of David. But he's also in the spirit of holiness, Jesus, the son of God. And in that spirit of holiness, he is transforming lives. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is resurrecting and saving Gentiles. Um, And so right out of the gate, and I think that's something that I have ignored in the past. I've ignored that tension Mm -hmm. of, and what he's going to label it as we continue our study, uh, the weak versus the strong. Mm 
you know, that's going to be a, a theme that's labeling uh, different people. And, and for, you know, our podcast listeners, you'll hear it right now, uh, that the weak, I believe, are the Jewish brothers and the strong are the Gentiles. And mm-hmm. so uh, how they assimilate and how they function in, in that setting of worship is just at the, the core of what Paul is trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the spirit of holiness, I believe, is, is just creating that, um, that comparison that Paul is using of the Jews, the son of David, uh, you know, that Jesus is, is a human in the flesh, but he's also the spirit of holiness, the son of God. Um, and so not only, yes, is it the cliche, the power of, of the spirit of God um, is, is what came upon him and rose Jesus from the dead. And the, the spirit of God is, is the agent that brings about the, the movement, the motion. Um, but I, I think what he's also doing there is a, uh, just creating this paradigm um, in a literary structure and in, in that balance. Uh, and then that tension is going to get even greater. Yeah, as we continue down. Yeah, that makes sense. I just I heard it this morning and I was like, that's a really interesting choice of words from Paul. Spirit of holiness. Like Mm -hmm. it's kind of a random, you know, spirit of God, spirit of, you know, fill in the blank or just the spirit, you know. But I was like, that's an interesting choice of words. But when you put it in that context, it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, And I think that what you're saying, it really kind of brings I think you could encompass all of Paul's writings and why he's writing to these churches under the blanket. I mean, of course, there's other other things that he tackles under that umbrella, mm-hmm. but like he's very concerned about unity in the church. That's it. Um, and Jesus yeah. wants unity in his church. Um, and right out of the gate for Paul, he's addressing that in this in this letter. Yeah. And, you know, for us to see that for what it is, um, I think we disconnect from that. Mm-hmm. And in, in this, you know, and I, and I know it probably happens differently in different denominations, but we... We're riffing on fundies again. Here we go. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't want to go there. I do want to go there, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, I, I think for me, it's it's about people cherry picking messages out of that. Right? Oh, the spirit of holiness. Well, you should be holy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or uh, you know, Paul talks about the gospel and how he's not ashamed. Well, we we should be bold, R- right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, those are those are elements that are there in the text and they're a part of this conversation that. Um, we should be bold. We should be ambassadors. We should um, be pursuing others with the gospel of Christ. But was that the point of what he was saying? Uh, <laughs> or was the point... Not so much. <laughs> yeah. Or was the point, you're, you're not bold and you're not okay with sharing this with other people. You're not okay with laying down what you think is, is most important to you in someone's sanctification and accepting a different perspective uh, so that more people can come to Jesus. So you would say, just to bring clarity for those that are maybe haven't listened to your message yet, you're saying that to be ashamed, Paul's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, meaning that, you know, if you're reading reading into it from the other side, what he's saying is maybe the Jewish brothers are ashamed to share it with those outside of their their Jewish heritage. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but I think Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed to do this. So I think he's confronting their actions, mm-hmm. not necessarily their shame. I yeah. think that shame is present in this moment because uh, Paul is having to <laughs> Paul is having to bring that to light and say this is unacceptable. You know that you're uh, upset of the intermingling, that you're mm-hmm. upset that they're not keeping the law, that you're upset that they don't have the perspective that you have. Mm-hmm. They haven't had your, uh, you know, that they haven't had. They haven't walked in your shoes. They they weren't exiled. They're they're doing well financially because they're not threatened or they're mm-hmm. not being threatened by the emperor. So it, it's really just for me, 
and we'll get into it more in this week's um, message, but for me, it's about the gospel transcending people in different walks of life mm-hmm. and us being able to get along, us being able to uh, walk through those things together for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of unity in the church and letting the Lord use those things and redeem them. Um, that That's like the... Yeah, so it's it's less it. about, like, I can't believe you guys are scared to share your faith. It's like, no, I can't believe that you are not willing to share that with, and, uh, you know, and, and eat at the same table as Gentiles still. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that, yep. that does bring a whole new, yeah. a whole new perspective of it. And you talked about, uh, N.T. Wright's book a little bit. Yeah. I think it was N.T. Wright's book that you quoted, but basically like we slap a label on something and even though like that label may not be what it is like precisely, but like we will always look at it through that label until we undergo, you know, a much you know, needed transformation of how we yeah. look at things. Yeah. And I think that is the case with the book of Romans. And I think for a lot of uh, folks, even in the, the Protestant uh, belief system or I guess denominations, evangelical, evangelicals, you know, we look at it broad. the same way that, you know, somebody would look at it as a systematic theology and that's just not what it is. And you don't notice things like that because you're looking for theological messaging. You're not mm-hmm. looking at, at these, like it's a social issue at the time. Yeah. And Scott McKnight brings that out, and he's just like, <laughs> I need know, to read that book. This has become a, you know, a paper for theologians rather than a letter to brothers and sisters. Right. And that's what, you know, if I could have a goal in, in my sermon series, it's to bring unity in, in our church and in our congregation. And we would be foolish to think that these tensions don't exist today. Mm-hmm. And and I'll go as far as to say, like, they... they uh, and and I think he's right in this and saying that even to talk just about race would be limiting the scope, would be making a mistake. It's mm-hmm. it's broader. It's than, much broader than just broader race. than just race. Race is absolutely a part of it. You know, the gospel transcends skin color, it transcends ethnicity, and and it's for everyone. Um, you know, and and so that's that's a you know a non negotiable you know for the Lord, and we could see that all along the way. The gospel. Uh, you know, abolishes slavery. It abolishes those things. It, it, um, you know, it wrecks it at its core. Um, but to just use that as, you know, really the, the point that, that's being made here, I think would be missing, um, the overall broader point in that application is, um, even if we have two brothers and sisters that are the same ethnicity, but are just in two different places in their walks, um, how they treat each other and how they work through uh, their differences is important mm-hmm. for the church and for for the promulgation of the of the gospel itself. And so I think we 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 cut ourselves off at the knees when we uh, don't allow ourselves to engage with others, and then when we over engage in other areas. Um, so people being different, people being in different places. Uh, people drawing lines in different places about what's acceptable and what's unacceptable and, and what they are okay with and what they're not okay with more talking about, um, you know, what people accept in their own personal lives, uh, and how that comes into a church life. It's, it's just vitally important that we not separate and segregate, uh, on, on those, those things that are absolutely, they're minor in, mm-hmm. in comparison to the major message. Um, and so especially, you know, you can continue from race and say the Gentiles were, were more affluent. They weren't being taxed as heavily. They weren't uh, experiencing the 
uh, marginalization, right? And so how do people, how, how do people uh, that are in that position of life relate to those that are just absolutely being oppressed? Yeah. That are in just horrible situations that, you know, those people that it's like they just can't, you know, get their head above water or the job never works out or, you know what I mean? Like that's a part of church. It's a part of church life and how we assimilate um, is really to the effectiveness or defect of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a holistic nature of us coming together in our separate paths and plans and walks and allowing them to be joined. You know, the, the roots of the gospel, the roots of, uh, of those trees that are planted come out into branches. And, you know, Israel, man, they had their struggles. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, the Gentiles were being grafted into that. They were coming alongside of, they were completing. It was terminology like the fullness of the Gentiles that, that the Lord was after. So uh, we know that, that God came to save, you know, every tribe, every tongue, you know, but the implications of that are what we're not okay with. Yeah. That's where we pull up short. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's, I guess it's especially that tension exists in America because we have such a broad range yeah. of ethnicities and economic backgrounds and all of these other different dividers, cultural dividers Mm -hmm. in small communities. Yeah. And so a small community church can have rich people. It can have poor people. It can have everybody in between black people, Asian people, white people, so on and so forth. Yeah. And you know, we have to figure out how to, to coexist with each other in a meaningful way. Right. And I think that's what ultimately Paul's, I think Paul's ultimate goal is that, um, when he's, I'm, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a major, it's a major theme, major goal for sure. And it's going to play out because the gospel is for everybody. Yeah. And it's going to play out in specifics, mm-hmm. right? Because of your background, this is what you come to the table with because of your background. This is the light or the angle or, or the perspective that you're shedding on this message and you know how those two come together. And sometimes they don't, they collide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then how we work through those things with the, uh, really the specifics of our salvation, our deliverance, our, uh, the soteriological perspective, right. To use a theological term, like how we perceive salvation and, um, the mechanics of it can either <laughs> work to bring us together or it can work to divide us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of that is, is going to be important as we walk through. And so we're going to see some extremes next week. You know, we're going to, uh, next week when we dive into the passage, I, I kind of alluded to this a little bit, but, uh, the chapter break for the end of, of one going into two, uh, I don't think it's helpful. And looking at, looking at it as a whole, what we'll kind of like, uh, deal with is seeing how, the extreme end of the Gentiles, the extreme end of the Jews, um, both of them are bad. And so we have a tendency in, in the evangelical world, some will focus on the extreme end of immorality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> when put in comparison with the extreme end of the Pharisees, we'll take one over the other. Mm-hmm. And that's just as bad. Yeah. And so uh, how this thing gets postured, you have to think like, when you have that little catch in your spirit or that little thing where you're like, ah, I don't really like that. I don't really like how they said that. I don't like how they're doing that. Right. There's an end to that feeling. There's an end to that perspective. And so Paul is saying, don't go to the end. Don't go to the extreme. See that 
and let's mend it now. Let's mm-hmm. break down those barriers and figure this thing out because that's what Jesus wanted us to do. Right. We're, we're having this conversation right now because that's what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus wants us to work through these things. He, he um, wants He wants you to watch the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, it's this book has been so helpful for me thus far and i'm i'm looking forward to every chapter every verse and uh walking through it with you yeah it's good stuff yeah man um real quick before we go i just you know just to echo your your three you posed uh let's see not three but i don't three questions at the end of your message here so (laughs) and i heard i was outside i had come upstairs for something and i heard you say so what's the issue dear (laughs) and i was like boy that sounds like holding back from such a man (laughs) (laughs) or no yeah i heard that part and (laughs) i was like that sounds like frozen i have no voice to do (laughs) my daughter watches frozen like five times a day at least and i was like oh man that sounds familiar right um so what's the issue dear and you said there are two kinds of people yeah and that seems to be the crux of, of what Paul is addressing. And you said, have you experienced, number one, personally, the right. good news of Jesus? Have you been delivered from something? Do you see your need? Yeah. Number two, have you considered that that God wants to reveal himself in you? Right. Ooh, that's a, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you given the Lord the opportunity? And mm-hmm. number three, have you put stipulations, slants, or spins on this news story? <laughs> mm-hmm. What motivates your living? Uh, what motivates your living this out, or better yet, what creates conversation for you around this right. story? Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, every every news company does indeed have a slant these days, but the gospel needs no slant. Yeah, and these are very, I think these are very important questions that we should all ask ourselves when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, to spreading the gospel, because we all yeah. have these, you know, these blinders or these these filters and things that we look at things with, but. Yeah. You know, I think these questions kind of strip that down a little bit. Yeah, when we talk about the differences, um, the beginning, right, the first steps that we need to take on this journey go back to the gospel. It goes back to first principles and the fact that what Jesus did for us is the most important transformative work Mm -hmm. that has ever been done. And so when you go back to the fact that, look, have you experienced Jesus? (laughs) That's the first question. Right. Uh, not, Not have you experienced life the way they've experienced it not have you experienced it uh my experience isn't your experience and here's why and and, right. and look we're a society that lives by comparison oh my goodness yeah. and, and i'm no exception to that you know i work on it and i fight it just like the next guy you but drinking my water no i'm okay i'm it's i i've been losing it and getting it all all day from yesterday if i talk any length of time i lose my voice but pray that i, I get my voice back for sunday but um you know the the, the challenge is when we encounter those things, those differences, we, we need to just go back to, have we experienced Jesus? And if you have woman at the well, you're going to go and you're going to minister and you're going to, you're going to minister out of that drink of living water mm-hmm. and it's going to flow differently. Yep. And it's going to hit differently. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately we're in a church that says it's not by works of righteousness that says that it's, it's a work of God. And yet, all we can talk about is what we do. Mm -hmm. All we can talk about is how we know it and how we understand it. And I'm not talking about your experience. I'm saying literal knowledge, literal perspective, right? And so we we need to get back to the fact that inarguably, I think that's the word, uh, if we've experienced life change, that's not something someone can argue with. Mm -hmm. If we've experienced transformation, that's not something someone can argue with. And so let's go back to the basis 
uh, the bedrock foundational thing is that Jesus appeared to people. Yeah. And those people saw it and they were changed. And, and that change led them to radically change their lives and their approach um, to other people. So I think that uh, we got to stop the, the, the Christianese motions of just walking through life, um, identifying as a Christian, and we need to become Christians. We need to, we need to bleed that out. And, and that's where that second question comes in. Has the Lord revealed himself to you? Uh, in your doubt, in your insecurities, has he showed himself strong? Has he been there in those moments where you're like, I just don't know? And he whispers and, and he's there and he's present in those moments. Um, so th- these are questions to ask yourself at the end of, and it's in the notes. Um, and, and just really see if you're in alignment with verse 16 and 17. Because I think that those questions were ones that I used for myself mm-hmm. to make sure that I was in alignment with what the Lord was doing. And um, I, I hope they're helpful for you. Yeah, good stuff. It's a good word. And life change. Uh, man, that's, I mean, we, I think we talked about that on our last podcast. You know, life change is the <coughs> ultimate apologetic. So yeah. don't worry about what you know or don't know. Spreading the gospel is for everybody because the gospel is for everybody. Mm. And Jesus can change anybody's life. Yeah. So. And we pray that he changes yours. Amen. Amen. Well, we're uh, going to hop off of here, but we appreciate you hanging out with us. Yeah, God bless you. Love you guys. God bless. Do less. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>